1: I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This is the Ash London Podcast. I am, you guessed it, Ash London. Reformed radio host, new mum and human being on a quest to live my best life when it feels like the world around me is imploding. Sound familiar? Every Tuesday, we do a bit of mum chat. Every Thursday, I do my favourite thing on the planet and I interview a guest. From celebrities who have entertained us over the craziness of the last two years to everyday people with inspiring stories. This is the Ash London Podcast. Well, hello. First of all, if you are a regular subscriber to this podcast and you were expecting to wake up this morning at 6am and have it in your little podcasty thing. First of all, I don't know if anyone is that much of a fan, but in case you were and you're wondering where the heck I was, I'm in Adelaide, i have on my laptop, but my software wasn't working, we're in the hills, the internet was bad and I had a baby to feed and I thought, you know what, stuff it. This can wait. And then magically the next day, boom, it was working. So um, here we are. I don't know if you even needed all that backstory, but um, YOLO, I gave it to you. So um, it's Tuesday and it's also International Women's Day, which I forgot. But it kind of makes sense that we have today's guest on um, for our Tuesday mum chat. And one of my favourite uh, artists, someone that I whose music I have loved for a very long time, And I think for a lot of people my age, you kind of feel the same way with Missy Higgins. Um, So much of her music, you know, given that when I was kind of a teenager into my 20s and 30s, um, it's kind of been the soundtrack really to love and loss and all of those fun things. And um, she is a mama of two kids, Sammy and Luna. And she's got a new little mini album on the go called Total Control. If you've seen the show Total Control, highly recommend. Also, it's kind of like the accompanying soundtrack that she has created. And we will be talking about that um, and the kind of timeliness of it a little later on in the podcast. But... Given that it is Tuesday Mum Chat, um, my chat with Missy Higgins today is really about not only her role as a creative person, um, but a mum and how that's all worked. And one thing that when I was listening back to this chat, I really, really kind of struck me was the fact that she just sounds like a mum. And um, so much of the struggles and adjustments she's had to make are the same ones that I think a lot of us have to make regardless um, of our roles or jobs or titles. She's just an absolute legend and it was such a pleasure um, going one-on-one with the incredible
2: Missy Higgins. So let's
1: get into it. Thanks for making time, mate.
2: No worries. I'm hoping my kids don't bust in here during the interview. Mate, I'm
1: have breast, <laughs> I've leaked breast milk all over my top and figured you wouldn't mind if I just <laughs> didn't change my top so we're all no, I love it we're all good i got to say from stalking you on Instagram I'm a bit in love I'm assuming you're at your home I'm kind of in love with your house like it's oh, got some really yeah, sweet mid-century um...
2: vibes going on it, it is. It's it's um, by this architect called Alastair Knox, who is quite um, he is quite a well-known '70s yeah. architect. He did lots of real brick and wood houses, and yeah, it's um, it's so nice living here because there's so many natural elements going on.
1: Mm. And the outdoor um, area is beautiful. Was that very yeah. intentional? Did you guys want to live somewhere that kind of felt outside of the city, but not you know? 14 hours. Yeah,
2: or... yeah, I think so. I mean, I always wanted to live in nature and mm. be surrounded by lots of trees and basically be outnumbered by, you know, the the, the bush and the trees and, and the plants. So yeah, we've got that. And we've got chooks and just Enough room for the kids to just run around and be a bit wild.
1: Heaven, is the idea of chooks different to the reality of chooks? Because I'm very much at the point in life now where I, and I live in the city where I'm like, fuck this, we're leaving, we're gonna get some space and some chooks and we'll eat the eggs. But I do feel like maybe it wouldn't, it wouldn't maybe be as romantic as I think it is, or is it?
2: Depends what you think it is. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of shit to clean up and, um, and they're pretty, they're pretty smelly. And uh, but no, most of the time they they kind of look after themselves. You just got to feed them and clean their chook pen every now and then. And um, they're pretty cute, but yeah. they do poo everywhere. Because we've got like they're very free rangey. So like you we've got a there's a, we've got a massive part of the garden that's fenced off so that they can just roam around. And you yeah. kind of got to wear gumboots.
1: Just <laughs> otherwise, not be able to for get your life. In
2: chook shit. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's nice. They're called um, Dora, Lightning, Electric Toothbrush, and Maple. All
1: oh, right, who, name. who came up with Electric Toothbrush?
2: That was my husband. Yeah, Lightning was Sammy, um, Dora was Luna, and Maple was mine because she looks like maple syrup.
1: Cute. Is Dora something to do with Dora the Explorer, or just a? it general. must
2: be so, yeah because okay. learn likes like story of the explorer well, she's got great it taste from. obviously
1: um <laughs> so you've been pretty open and vulnerable about the challenges of the lockdown shit show over the past couple of years especially with kids but do you feel like you can see the light you're coming out the other side or are you still very wary about kind of um... going there too soon
2: I well I'm stoked that we get to play again now I'm so stoked that you know shows are happening again and um yeah I'm 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 really really happy that things are getting back on track with the music industry and we haven't got these stupid restrictions anymore but um it is a bit hard with covid because I'm paranoid about my kids getting it and me getting it and not being able to tour yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm just, I just want to be able to do it. That's the only thing I don't really care about getting it. I just care that I'll have to isolate. We'll all have to isolate. You know, we might get it like one, like seven days after each other. So I'll have to isolate for like two weeks and miss out on four festivals, which is massive. So I've taken both kids out of school and care at the moment. So that's pretty full on and exhausting because I go away and I play two shows on the weekend and then, um, yeah, we've just got the kids at home so we've just been doing some mega crafting, Oof. just been doing lots of felting and gluing yes. and um, <laughs> and glue gunning and um, fabric painting and, yeah, all manner of things. This morning I'm, just, I'm covered with about four different types of glue.
1: Nice. Is it at all meditative? Because if I do crafty things, it's quite meditative, but I imagine when you've got little humans wanting, like, obviously enjoying it as well it's
2: perhaps yeah not as I, well. I don't mind it yeah i much prefer it because that before that they wanted me to like um do lots of like throwing them on the couch and pretending i was father christmas well, and like delivering you know imaginary presents and i was like <laughs> can we just sit down and craft <laughs> my body's sore so like i'm i'm really relieved when well, we can finally just sit down and do something a little bit yeah. quiet do yeah. they
1: have any sense of fact that they should be in care whatever but they're getting to be at home and that's really cool that they get to hang out as a family or yeah. they're not really old enough for that it's like when your parents take so. you to school and you get to go to Queensland and you're like fuck yeah best parents ever yeah well
2: there's three and seven so Luna who's the three-year-old is kind of like being at home is her default anyway yeah. so she just loves it she's so fine not to go anywhere yeah Sammy I think likes it because Well, in his words, I like staying home because I get to watch more TV. Oh, right, So he's pretty simple. Like his desires are pretty simple. Like if he gets to watch a bit more TV by staying home, then he's sold. (laughs) Um, But I do, I have noticed that he's missing his friends. Yeah. And we caught up with, we went to a pool down the road yesterday and saw one of his friends and he was, and it just made me realise, oh my God, he's missed him so much. Mm. Um, So I think that's a little bit that's a bit hard on you yeah, you
1: know that's that the social, the social aspect yeah well the new mini album slash i guess you could call it a soundtrack as well the double um is called total control obviously and that feels a bit ironic that it's called total control i mean and, and, and motherhood is the complete lack of control but i imagine that especially the past little while has you know none of us have been able to control everything anything at all Um, but have you been able to, do you feel like you have any control over your life or is that just a Mm -hmm. myth that you've long let go of and you just have ridden the waves? I'm trying
2: really, really hard every day. I'm scrambling to try and take control of my life. Mm. (laughs) I think I feel like I've just, I've crammed so much. I've got so much to do at the moment and motherhood takes up so much of that. Um, and then, in every spare moment I'm trying to cram in work to yeah. get to get up to speed, but I never feel like I'm up to speed. I always feel like I'm just like, oh like at the end of the day, just after they've gone to sleep, I like just finishing emails and then passing out and then being woken up before I've had enough sleep Oy. every day. So it's like this cycle of, oh my God, when's when's this running so fast gonna stop? Yeah. And I know it's because of COVID. I know that once they're back into care and I, I have a bit of free time during the days, so it'll be a bit easier, but yeah i don't feel i i don't in some ways i feel like i have a bit of control because i i i schedule out my days and i um i can make things happen at this time and i plan the week's very um very heavily at the beginning of the week i'm like this is going to happen this hour and then the next hour otherwise i won't be able to fit it all in um but i think yeah ultimately i would i would love to just be able to stop for a bit and yeah. you just chill out on a beach for a week, but Stop it. can't do that. Talking dick.
1: <laughs> Hold up! What was that?
0: Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh! Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello. Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
1: <laughs> well, you always, did you always have that ability to be organized and schedule things? That's, I mean, that's something I'm completely devoid of and I've had to learn. And I've, I only have a, a little baby and, you know, a podcast. It's not like I have to think about releases and tours and all that kind of stuff. Was that a skill you really had to learn or have you always been someone that can schedule out a, a week and be organized? No, to it?
2: I'm a am re- a really disorganized, forgetful person. You so do. it's something that I've really had to learn. Like I was that kid that was like every day at school. Oh, I've left my, you know, <laughs> I've left my oboe at home or I've left my sports bag or like mum was always just having <laughs> to come to school to get to bring me things that I'd forgotten. And I always had to be woken up in the morning because I just like could never, you know, I could never wake up. And yeah, I've always been a bit of a a shambles, but I think, (laughs) yeah, I think having kids, yeah, really forced me to, uh, otherwise I'd I'd, I'd go insane. I'd have a mental breakdown because every single day I would not get done what needs to be done. And then, I think, yeah, it's a matter, matter of survival when you have, oh, okay, there goes my naked child running past right. the window. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, especially when you've got, I think, yeah, especially when you've got the kids at home and then you do have a bit of work that you need to get done, it's like there's no way that that's going to happen yeah. without, without having a mental breakdown otherwise and getting zero sleep. So, yeah, mm, out sleep. of necessity.
1: Things kicked off for you pretty young though. You were a kind of a teenager when it maybe became clear that this was a career for you and that you were going to be Missy Higgins, the pop star. So what when you're kind of, you know, 18, 19, whatever it is, even if you're not, you know, famous, at that point you're not really, I don't think, I wasn't ever really thinking at that point about when I'm going to have kids, whatever, because I was like so young, got 50 years to think about that. But then Mm. you kind of get on hamster wheel, right, of like, well, now you find you found fame, you've got to keep it, and now you've got fans, you've got to kind of keep them happy, and you've got to have another album, and that album went to number one, so hopefully the next one's going to get to number one, and then 10 years kind of goes by or whatever, and I don't know what it was like for you, I'm imagining. But was there ever part of you that thought, well, because this is how I felt personally, is that, well, I've had this great success in this part of my life, in this – in my career so this is kind of maybe what's gonna fill that hole and my career is my baby so to speak whatever it is mm. and either the other stuff can wait or the other stuff won't happen and that's okay did you ever feel like there had to be a trade-off between family and work
2: um I think I was lucky and that things started so early for me mm. um you know I got signed when I was 18 and then I had a bit of time, like I went backpacking around Europe with my bestie right after school before kind of getting really stuck into working on my first album and getting on that whole fast train into the industry. Um, But once that train started, I didn't stop for a really long time and I did so much touring and I moved to America and just toured, 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 toured. Um,
1: Which is not as glamorous as a lot of people listening might think. It's just a lot of travel and it's very exhausting and often it's not like business class with private jet it's
2: no no not unless you get to a certain level over there which I never did I got to a level at one point where I could have my band and crew on a tour bus which was pretty cool because we got to you know so that's like the level up from just like driving overnight in a van and (laughs) sleeping in your car (laughs) um and yeah that was that was great I actually loved that it was kind of like traveling and you, you felt a little bit like you were traveling in um, moving coffins you know, <laughs> when you're sleeping in the middle <laughs> of the night in these bad. tiny like shallow bunkers mm-hmm. um, but yeah so I was touring for a really long time over there and then I moved back here and kind of had a bit of a existential crisis and felt like I didn't love music anymore and I couldn't write songs. So I took a few years off thinking I might never go back to music, but then I went back to music and fell in love with it again and to it and to and to it. Anyway, so I'd, I'd had like quite a few albums under my belt and felt like I'd really done probably the majority of the hard yards that I needed to do before I decided that I wanted to have kids and it felt just like the right time. It felt like I'd established myself in Australia um, as an artist that would be able to, um, you know, stand the test of time and be able to, I guess, bring my fan base with me uh, Mm. and know that they wouldn't kind of um, forget me if I took a few years off. So I was, yeah, in that regard, I feel like I was, I was lucky because I felt like I'd gotten a lot of stuff out of the way and gotten to a certain point in my career already yeah. where it felt quite stable and um, I, I felt able to step away from it for a while if I needed to. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was good timing. And then I think when I had a kid, I also felt like, oh, it is actually possible to write and record and mm. do shows when you have kids. I think it just changes a bit and the pace of it changes a bit. and um, that was where I was at anyway in my head. I was like yeah. I didn't want to work myself to the bone anymore anyway. I would quite like the idea of just having less a less hardcore touring schedule mm. anyway.
1: Was there anyone in your life that you could look to for an example of what that could look like or is it something that you just had to envision and invent for yourself?
2: Um, well, yeah, I mean I've toured with a lot of people over the years who – Brought their kids on the road, like the Waifs, Mm. way back in the day when I was really young and starting out, I toured a lot with the Waifs, and they had all their kids on the road. Like it was like a a traveling kindergarten at one point. (laughs) They used to tour with their kids on in America. They used to have their kids on the tour bus, and and John Butler back in the day with when he had little banjo, his girl, um, he used to bring her on the road, and um, yeah, I I do. I had quite a lot of women around me that were doing it and um and I also knew that I was kind of at the point, not at the point really, that I was going to be doing much touring in America around on tour buses mm-hmm. anyway. So chances are it would probably be an Australian tour, which would be easier because um I don't know, I didn't have to go very far. You know, yeah. I could fly in and out. And, yeah. Yeah. And I'd married someone that had said that he was cool to stay with the kids and or and or come on the road mm. and help with the kids while I played
1: there's one thing just to, to like I'm similar like my husband's very much like stepped back from work and has been just like well that's what you want to do we'll make it work and I will be there and I trusted him enough to know that you know like when the reality hit he would actually do it because it's one thing to kind of say that right mm. yeah we'll make it work but then like mm. the kid arrives and it's like a real human being and there's yeah. nothing glamorous about it at all. It's just like no. kind of in the. And it's
2: much harder than you think. It is. Well. Totally. Yeah.
1: So what was that, what was the big, the biggest difference for you in like this, as much as we don't want to have a you know, fantasy about what it's going to look like, we do of course. What was mm-hmm. the biggest shock for you guys or surprise when the baby, when he actually came along?
2: Um, I think the well, – to be honest, I think the biggest thing was having the second kid because mm-hmm. with one I felt like it was actually quite manageable. I mean, the sleep was the hardest thing, obviously, with the baby because you don't realise how sleep-deprived you're going to be and both of you are going to be and and, just your capacity for, Um, I don't know, just even thinking properly and yeah. your mental health, like it's all – at a much lower point than you think that it's going to be when so you have true. a kid. So just, um, yeah, your ability to kind of um, cope is much, is, is is severely lowered when you don't get enough sleep. Um, but, yeah, I think having the second one, I didn't realise how much harder that was going to be because you've got one kid that is quite easy on its own and manageable because you've got both parents kind yeah. of, you know, you, you know can trade off that. from each other. Like, and then the second one comes along and the first kid starts not being so easy because now they're really jealous of their younger sibling and suddenly they're like, hang on, what the hell is going on? Why did you need another one? Wasn't I good enough? Um, and so, yeah, that competitiveness begins and then you don't get any free time because you've both got like one kid and it's just a little bit too hard for one parent to take both kids sometimes so just I didn't realize how much I had relied on that oh well you can take this kid while Mm -hmm. I just go and like I have a little bit of me time yeah that's just those tiny little bits of me time even if they're 15 minutes can you hold Fifteen minutes is did. a
1: lifetime if it's yeah. silence and you can do whatever yeah. the hell
2: you want in a room by yourself
1: for fifteen minutes. Yeah,
2: yeah, it really, really helps you just like breathe and get back on track. And <laughs> go so out funny. there and do it again. But um I wonder yeah, how
1: that, people have twins at that. To that, I'm like, how did you? Yeah, two of them. Well,
2: right? well, I guess sometimes. Well, you'd hope that the twins kind of could hang out with each other and that. and they're usually pretty close. I think yeah. when they kids so at least they have that but yeah that would be incredibly hard Mm.
1: I imagine that for many years of your life you could you know as a creative person inspiration strikes and you go oh shit that's a good let me sit down and go with that for a bit or let me like do that voice memo or whatever pull out this instrument and you can kind of work with the magical flow of creativity that just finds you when it wants to find you but when you've got one kid and two kids it's not like you can just go Oh, whenever you feel the the tug of creativity, so how do you maintain that balance of making space within you to have that creativity and to make things when you can't actually you have to schedule it right, which is not very spiritual well i've
2: actually I've never been a particularly kind of spiritual creative person. I've never been like you know an idea just struck me and I must write it down. And um, I mean, sometimes and I'll, I'll just put it into my phone or something, yeah. but i never, I never get like a song that just arrives out of the air while I'm walking down the really? street, you know, no, it's always, I, it always comes when I take the time to sit down with my instrument and just cool. have a muck around. And then I just like lose myself in. Yeah. Yeah. Like playing the piano, like improvising on the piano or the guitar and, and I, have the, and I have the space to just, like, let something unfold. But I have to sit down um, at my instrument in order for that to happen. Or I have to go away and, like, and be um, consciously um, trying to think of lyrics or a poem that, I'm, that I might want to write to put to lyrics or... Sorry, can you hear my... It's beautiful. It's quite yeah. a range she's got there. <laughs> It's a new piece she's working on. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a conscious thing for me anyway and it always has been. And to be honest, before I had kids too, it was like I've got all day, every day to write and all I did was procrastinate yeah, and right. just overthink and overthink and then just got myself into, yeah, a real state because... I knew that I should be writing and I should be writing all day and I don't know I just having the parameters now of you know scheduling it in even though I don't really have much time at the moment to schedule anything in but you know I'm thinking I'm I'm assuming that at some point in the near future I'll be able to schedule in some writing time and then it's great because it's like ah, this is me time this is the time that I get to just be on my own I've scheduled it so that there's no one else around and I know that there's only these two or three hours that I have to do it and I'm so grateful for it Mm. and as a result I feel the joy of it and with joy comes inspiration and and songs and and creative material so yeah it works for me it works better than the old way for sure
1: I always feel like I wish I had been able to be this productive before I had a baby because I was very much like, ah, I'll get mm. to it. Like, I'm not in the mood now. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas now it's like, I've got two hours and I have to get this done. And I yeah. get it done. And I'm like, I, you know, I think I just kind of. Gave myself a bit of an excuse before, like, oh, this is just my personality, and I have to yeah. wait till I'm inspired or I'm in the mood. And now that that luxury has been taken away from me, I realize what I'm actually capable of when I have to be. And I think back, and I'm like,
2: if only I'd spent the last
1: ten years being this productive, I'd be, I know I'd be it's the queen like, of the
2: world. It's you're probably the same as me that like at school, I was just like a crammer at the last minute, oh, yeah. like at the very last minute. I was like, Oh, this is the book we were supposed to have read. What are the highlights? And just like, <laughs> you know, and, you know, asking other people what the book was about so that I could figure out what the hell I'm going to write the essay on. But and, then you and the write exam. a great
1: essay because you're a good writer and you can. Talk yeah. yeah I,
2: I, I was able to fake it really well. So um, yeah, maybe it's just that type of personality.
1: Yeah.
2: It works for us. In this...
1: Is she singing? Is that a song that's coming out? It's how beautiful. Or just a rant?
2: Random... I don't know. She's very vocal. Sometimes I can't figure out what's a song and what's just like her <laughs> making up some sort of imaginary world where she's like talking to another character. <laughs> she like, yeah, she's never, she's never silent, that what, little
1: one. What parts of yourself can, do you see reflected in your kids and are they the same parts or are different parts of you in different kids?
2: She's like a little toughy, like I was, like she falls over and she just kind of gets straight back up um i was a real I was a real tomboy though, and she's super girly she's like a really tough girly girl. Mm. It's funny like she's such a brute, but she's just like obsessed with fairies and princesses and stuff <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know they've both got really cheeky sense of senses of humor. I was like always playing tricks on other people and um, I can't work out if it. it's like a good squeal or a bad squeal. Oh, well, it's not my problem right now.
1: <laughs> It'll be your problem in two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, looking forward now, um, you know, the mini album is very close and you, like you said, back to doing kind of festivals and gigs and such. How are you feeling about the next kind of six months to a year and what, what are you going to be working towards?
2: um I'm feeling really excited about this this album because it's it's very different for me I mean it was inspired by the show but I've expanded all the songs to be about so much more um you know when I was writing it Brittany Higgins and Grace Tame were were really um uh were becoming really powerful voices in the you know in the the women's movement and I felt like it was mirroring so much what was happening on this show, Total Control, because it's about this, yes, you know, um, independent woman who's like walking into parliament and calling out, calling them all out on their shit and talking about oppression and bigotry and and trying to set things right and straight and standing up for her community. And um, there just seemed like there was a lot of, yeah, crossovers in real life and, and it was, it was so inspiring and I felt so inspired by Brittany and Grace and what they were doing and how brave it was. And um, so a lot of these songs are about, about that and seeing this new generation of women um, standing up for themselves and making themselves heard in a way that previous generations um, hadn't. And, and as a mum of a young girl, I just felt like, you know, this is the, this is becoming the world that I want her to inherit. And um, I'm really happy that things are going that way, but I, you know, we've got a long way to go and I want to keep fighting the good fight. And God, I could also feel this rumble of like women from all around the world who are like, God, yes. You know, we've been through this too. We feel exactly the same way. And finally feeling like they could put a voice to that, those experiences. And, um, there was just so much kind of coming up from the depths. And I was like, I guess I was trying to harness that, that anger and, um, and finally realizing that they can, you know, take back their power and, um, and use their voice. So a lot of really big feelings about the direction that the world is going and being a mom and being a daughter of a strong woman and, yeah, so I'm very excited for people to hear these songs and to be playing them live every night. Has been really a really really powerful experience because I've got four girls in my band and it's just like getting, you know, putting all those powerful vocals behind these songs every night and stomping and clapping on mm. stage is, yeah, it's really really cool.
1: Awesome, perfect way to end our chat, mate. Thank you so much for making time and opening up. No worries, up and and um. Yeah, look, enjoy it. Enjoy the next. Thank while. you. May you stay free of the c word, and may your children follow suit. And you can get back to life and doing what you love unhindered. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much, mate. Thanks, Ash. You're the best. I really appreciate it. Go and deal with the yelps and screams. May they. I will. I know choice. they
2: are almost busting in just then.
1: <laughs> thank <laughs> you, my love. Just I'm in time. Weird. All right. So Thanks, well, Ash. See ya. Bye. missy higgins what an absolute pleasure i hope um you loved that conversation and i just love the ease of it she's so easy to chat to and um like i said it was just so cool to hear how her approach to motherhood can so easily be reflected in so many mothers it's just proof that it's the great equalizer right no matter what you do um often you go and face the same struggles and have to make the same adjustments and have the same fears and questions um, no matter what so Missy Higgins thank you so much for being so open as usual and being a legend and that's today's podcast. This Thursday I'll be chatting to Dimity Paul who is an old friend of mine. Um, I don't feel like I'm old enough to be able to say anyone is an old friend of mine but here we are. Um, she had a specific gene in her body which pretty much guaranteed her at a very high chance that she would face cancer and she eventually did. Um, This is a really, really uh, incredible chat with an incredible woman about facing the unthinkable with braveness and gratitude and hope um, and a bit about her fertility journey amongst all that. So guys, thank you for listening as always. I adore you. I love you. Like, subscribe, do all that stuff. If you like the episode, text a friend about it. That would be really helpful to me. Um, But yeah, I love you guys. Stay safe and well and I'll catch you on Thursday. If you have any feedback, thoughts, suggestions, or just want to have a chat, you can hit me up anytime. Hello at ash.london.